Hey guys, it's Tim and this Sprustling Unlimited as it's Friday and this is the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about a dozen news stories for you here today. Maybe a little more than a dozen, but right around a dozen or so. Different news stories to talk about within AEW, within WWE. We got a G1 wrap-up update, or update wrap-up, and so much more. Again, this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Every Monday and Friday morning, roughly around noon Pacific, we bring you all the latest news in the world of professional wrestling. Today, we're going to talk about Vince McMahon undergoing a major surgery. A couple WWE superstars planning on missing SummerSlam, unfortunately. We got updates on ticket sales for SummerSlam and All In. What's going on with Jamie Hayter? Like I said, a G1 update and so much more. Remember, you can watch this show a number of different ways, whether you're watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're now getting, whether you're getting the now on PC Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, great game, going through and getting some games from the Epic Game Store Summer Sale. Claiming the free games, Homeworld Remastered and a several steel, severed steel. We're getting bucks for Rocket League 49 Fall Guys. Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUMLIMITED at no extra cost. Heck, trying to get Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight? Use this code. But with that, we are also sponsored by Pro Wrestling Loot. We'll talk about that a little bit later. As far as the show does go, we're going to kick it off by talking about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon currently underwent major surgery recently, and the news is just now getting out. According to a report from TMZ, a 77-year-old had major surgery last week to correct an issue with his spine. The specific nature of McMahon's spinal... Spinal issue is not clear, but the surgery was ultimately deemed a success, and there is no timetable on his recovery. The procedure is believed to have lasted around four hours. Uh, Dave Meltzer addressed McMahon's uh, influence on recent WWE programming, saying that he's made a lot of changes recently, including all of the, I guess you say, nicknames that we have seen on television. But with that... There's not much other details. This is a real, real quick one. TMZ is reporting that Vince McMahon did undergo spinal surgery last week. 
And we don't have any other details. We don't really know any uh, anything else, but they do write. A source close to WWE head honcho tells us the procedure lasted over four hours and it was deemed a success. No word yet on what it will all mean for his future in the ring. I mean, Vince ain't doing anything in the ring anymore. Though McMahon's action in the squared circle has waned since his memorable appearance at WrestleMania 38. But yeah, Vince took that stunner from Stone Cold last year, did the Bat McAfee stuff, and hasn't been doing anything physical since. And I don't believe he will ever again. I, d- I just don't, but I didn't think he would do anything at WrestleMania 38 either. So never say never, but hopefully Vince McMahon recovers quickly and can get back to doing whatever he's doing. As far as recovering and stuff, it looks like because of an injury, a couple WWE superstars and champions are going to miss a SummerSlam. WWE SummerSlam takes place on Saturday, August 5th, but one big championship and two names are not expected to be on the show. With the show just over a week away, the current match card looks pretty interesting with the World Heavyweight Championship and both Women's Championships and this and that, but what's not listed is the tag team titles. And according to Dave Meltzer, he has confirmed, quote, the tag titles won't be on the show with Kevin Owens getting time off due to his rib injury. It is believed that he has a broken rib. Meltzer recently confirmed that Owens was working through the injury and was waiting for the right time to get time off to recover. It is unknown exactly how severe the rib injury is for Kevin Owens. And we'll see how long this keeps him out of action, but it is going to keep him out of action for the next couple of weeks at least. And he will not, I repeat, will not be competing at SummerSlam, which in turn, I would assume, means no Sami Zayn at SummerSlam since they're not going to be defending the tag titles. But then you have that big question with the tag titles. If Owens is out for an exorbitant amount of time, a lengthy amount of time, a long period of time, do they have to drop the tag titles? Do Owens and Zayn have to relinquish the tag titles? And if they do, then what happens? So, no other details are known on the severity of the broken rib injury to Kevin Owens. But when you look at recovery time for a broken rib, broken rib recovery time. I'm about to sneeze here. Three to six weeks. Excuse me. Three to six weeks recovery time normally for a broken rib. So... We don't know how long he's been working with the injury. So maybe come back. I don't know. I don't know how long to adjust for that. Because it's not like he just suffered the injury this weekend. The word is he's been working on it for a little while. Actually, a while. And so we go from there and see exactly when Kevin Owens can return. And if it's not going to be a long period of time, he's out of action. Speaking of injuries, there was an injury scare last week pertaining to Bailey, as it looked like she may have suffered some sort of a knee injury at a live event. But then she appeared last week on SmackDown, seemingly being, I wouldn't say fine, but good. And according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it was reported that Bailey's injury was considered not severe. Meltzer noted how Bailey did not need crutches. He explained that. Uh, she was able to walk on her own. She was seen limping. Everything seemed a little tender in the knee. But the limp wasn't like exorbitant. She was able to walk on her own. And then we saw her on SmackDown. Kind of moving pretty good. 
as well. So Bailey's injury does not seem severe, does not seem like it's going to be a big like time off for Bailey. She's just going to have to either work through it or just not do anything physical, be the second to EO, and then go from there. So the injury scare is not as severe as some once thought it could have been when it first happened. Now, in keeping with the women's division within the WWE, we got to talk about some SummerSlam stuff pertaining to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. We know that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to have a match at SummerSlam, and they keep calling it a fight, or the fight, as Ronda said. And Dave Meltzer wrote the following in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. Rousey and Baszler, in promos, will keep saying a fight, the fight. We're told the idea is not a street fight, more of an MMA rules match. Which makes sense with both having extensive backgrounds. So this is what I predicted back on Monday during our Monday Night Raw review. That it's going to be some sort of an MMA rules match. We don't know if they're going to do it in a cage. We don't know if they're going to do it like in Fight Pit or the Lion's Den or something like that. But the two will have a more traditional MMA style matchup at SummerSlam instead of just a pro wrestling match. So that should be very interesting, as if you say an MMA rules match, is that just like a grappling match for the most part? I mean, you can do some striking and whatnot, but I'm 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 up for this, because it's different, and it's not just, oh, they're going to go in there and throw Ronda and Shayna in a match. No, they're actually adding a stip to it. They're making it different. They're making it something that's not the same as everything else, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy at least the idea of it. Now, in execution, is it going to be good? I don't know. But I thoroughly enjoy the idea of doing this as an MMA rules match. As we keep just speeding along here, speeding along here, I'm going to switch some stuff up really fast. We're going to keep with the women's division of WWE and talk about a recent signee and her progress. Olympic gold medalist Sarah Mensah-Stock is on the road to her in-ring debut. And in the newest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer actually um, included an update on Mensah-Stock's WWE Performance Center training. Meltzer reported that she's he's been told that Mensah-Stock is doing great and is taking to pro wrestling very naturally, as Meltzer wrote the following. Reports on Olympic gold medalist Tamara Mensah-Stock, who was the actual biggest name, biggest recent name signee that has not yet to debut. Uh, we're told that she's doing great and taking to pro wrestling like a fish to water. That's really good to see. The 30-year-old did sign with WWE officially back in May in 2021. She made history at the Tokyo Olympics by becoming the first black woman to ever win a gold medal in women's freestyle wrestling. During interviews surrounding the Tokyo Olympics, Mensah-Stock expressed her interest in becoming a pro wrestler and joining the WWE. She told ESPN um, this May that signing with WWE was a dream come true, along with fellow... Go uh, and she also appeared at the 2021 SummerSlam event along fellow gold medalist and now NXT superstar Gable Stevenson. So we'll see exactly... How much longer they want to keep training Mensa Stock before they throw her on television, whether that's NXT or the main roster. I would hope that's NXT. And then we go from there and see exactly if she can sink or swim. 
if she can do this. They say she's taking it to it like a fish in water. So I have hopes that she's going to do well. But speaking of another gold medalist, it's Gable Steveson. Gable Steveson will be making his in-ring debut this Sunday at NXT Great American Bash, taking on Baron Corbin. And there's still some uncertainty, though, on his future and whether he's 100% WWE, still kind of wanting to do amateur wrestling and so forth. Dave Meltzer has addressed the uncertainty and all the concerns in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter stating the following. Those in WWE have said that they don't know if Steveson will be competing in the world championships that take place from 916 to 924 in Belgrade, Serbia, and that he himself doesn't even know. With his WWE contract, they will be making that decision for him, but he clearly wants to still compete. As of a few weeks ago, he was still doing that after dominating all the top uh, American heavyweights and winning a spot by winning both of the national championship and a final X over Mason Paris. So with that, it's still unclear, even though they did the big angle on NXT, I've chosen WWE. I've chosen to stay here and not go back to amateur wrestling. There's still a chance he does go back to amateur wrestling. There is still a chance that he goes out there and tries to win another world championship, tries to win another Olympic gold medal in 2024. So, I mean, it's possible that Gable Steveson takes a little time off next year or later this year, and they just slowly integrate him in. He does this program with Baron Corbin now, takes a little time off, comes back at another time, maybe throw him in the Royal Rumble. I don't know, but I can see them using him as a part-timer right now, but using him enough like Logan Paul, for instance, so we remember him. And he can still go do that stuff for now, maybe leading up to the next Olympics, finish that off, and then be like, bada-bing, bada-boom, you're full-time WWE. So we'll see what goes on with Gable Steveson. But as of right now, it's really unknown. And there's a lot of uncertainty on if WWE is going to allow him to do more amateur stuff and if that amateur stuff keeps him away for too long to where it hinders his performance in WWE. Because it could. It really could. Because he's still learning. He's still training. He's still getting better over time, week by week by week. We'll see how he does in the Baron Corbin match. But if he takes too much time away from pro wrestling, he could regress in his training. And that's not something you want to see. As we move forward, we got a couple more WWE stories here. This next one's a fun one. A video game tie-in. Roman Reigns and Rhea Ripley are actually coming to Rainbow Six Siege. New WWE-themed character outfits are coming to Rainbow Six Siege with one themed after Roman Reigns and one themed after Rhea Ripley. This is not the first time that we've seen this. We've also seen The Undertaker and Becky Lynch-themed outfits also in uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And in a latest reveal, they did state that Roman Reigns will be... Well, actually, Oryx will be Roman Reigns. He'll have a Roman Reigns bundle and gear. And Ash will have a Rhea Ripley bundle and gear. Rainbow Six Siege stated the following. Eradicate your opponents and reign supreme with the newest WWE bundles featuring Ash wearing Rhea Ripley's outfit and Oryx wearing Roman Reigns' outfit. 
So this is really cool. They got some hype video um, that they posted online as well. Too hype. <coughs> Excuse me. Too hype this up. <coughs> so yeah, very cool, very interesting, and just another video game crossover for WWE as we've seen so many. But now, just give me the one we want. Where is that Fortnite crossover? We've seen Fall Guys. We've seen Brawlhalla. We've seen Rainbow Six Siege here. Where is that Fall Gu or Fortnite crossover that's not just John Cena? That's not just John Cena. That's all we've gotten. Last year around SummerSlam time, we got John Cena and Fortnite. But give me more. Give me a whole WWE-themed season like we got with the Marvel season back in the day. Give me like a big ring on the map somewhere. Give me, I don't know, Couple big bosses like we saw with the Star Wars season where you gotta go beat beat up um Darth Vader and Stormtroopers. Well give me like Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa or something. I don't know. But yeah. This this looks fun. It's just costumes. They're not actually in the game, they're costumes for specific characters. But again, give me an actual good WWE drop in Fortnite. Now, some news dropped yesterday pertaining to NXT and their next premium live event after Great American Bash. That got me very interested. I don't know how many of you are super, super interested with it, but me interested enough to where I might actually go to this. During a media call on Thursday, Shawn Michaels actually announced that NXT will be running No Mercy in the Mechanics Bank Arena in Bakersfield, California on Saturday, September 30th. The show will stream live on Peacock. That's very cool. Very, very interesting. And now I got to weigh my options because just six days prior to this, main roster will be doing a live event here in Fresno. I'm not going to be able to afford to go to both. I mean, I probably could, but I don't want to. But do I go to the live event? Even though I just went to a live event last year and it's just a live event. Or do I go to No Mercy? Here's the problem with going to No Mercy, though. I go to No Mercy. It's two hours away. Then when do I do the review? It's a Saturday, so I can do it the next morning on Sunday or do it a couple days later and do it on the wrap-up on Monday. But that's the big question. Do I go to No Mercy with tickets starting at only $20? Or do I just say, mm, I'll stay home so I can do the review? That's the big, big question. But No Mercy will be taking place on September 30th the Mechanics Bank Arena in Bakersfield, California. Again, it's only two hours away from me, so I am very intrigued to go. It's just a matter of, do I go? And then, when do I do the review? And how do I cover it? And this and that. So, we'll play it by ear. It's not, all, it's not until September. And then again, WWE has a live event here in Fresno at the Save Mart Center on September 24th. And so my girlfriend's never been to a WWE live event. She's never been to wrestling live. And so when I told her they were coming here, she's not a big wrestling fan or anything. She was just like, that'd be fun to go to. She knows of some main roster wrestlers, you know, like Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes and Becky Lynch and stuff like that. But if I say, eh, we're not going to go to that one. We're going to go to No Mercy instead. She ain't going to know anybody. She ain't going to know who any of these wrestlers are. So... That's another option to weigh as well. Especially if I'm going to be going with somebody else. So we'll play it by ear. 
and we'll see what actually happens. Now, as we move forward, we got some big event ticket sale updates for our SummerSlam and All In does go from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Now, Dave, Mel now Dave Meltzer actually provided updates on how both events are doing in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter as far as SummerSlam does go. With SummerSlam set for Detroit, in Mich Detroit, Michigan in Ford Field on Saturday, August 5th, Meltzer wrote that 45,971 tickets are out for the event, with the announcement of Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso and the stipulation for that match really helping move tickets along. Meltzer noted why he feels it will be the biggest SummerSlam in recent history, stating the following. It's a virtual lock, given that, given the growth of Peacock and the growth of WWE's popularity this year, that this will be the most, the most numbers of, no, that's weird, that it will be the most number of people watching in North America for any SummerSlam show in history. It will be the second largest attended, of course, since 1992 in Wembley Stadium, and will likely be the largest gate for any non-WrestleMania show in the United States. Uh, the target is $7.3 million based on how gates are usually measured, and $7.7 million. Uh, 7.7 million was announced for the Royal Rumble this past year. So, SummerSlam looks like it's going to be a big success for WWE, and we'll see how that all goes. As far as All In, Meltzer stated that AEW's first trip across the pond to the UK will be taking place on Sunday, August 27th at London's Wembley Stadium, and it continues to climb the record books. Meltzer reported that as of now, 76,929 tickets have been distributed with approximately 70,400 paid. Right now, the gate is close to a $9 million gate. That puts them less than 4,000 tickets shy of WWE's WrestleMania 32 attendance record as they ascend to the charts of the most attended wrestling show ever for a paid audience. Meltzer wrote the following. It looks like a good bet that the largest record attended, recorded, recorded attendance in history, aside from the New Japan show in North Korea in 1995, which were not paid attendances, is uh, it is now number five all time when it comes to the attendance at actual paid. WrestleMania three, mar the WrestleMania three mark is probably a week to ten days away from being broken, and with a month left, the eighty thousand seven hundred and nine total looks like it's being broken. The actual all time record is certainly possible, but Far from a sure lock. There are 10,896 tickets still left, so the potential uh, potential looks like it could be upwards of 87,825 total. Now, that is sold and distributed. It's not, Meltzer's not saying that they could sell 87,000 tickets. They could have 87,000 people there. Because if you remember what he wrote, 76,929 tickets have been distributed with 70,400 paid. So we'll see where all this lead up to, where it lands, and where we go from there. Also, Nick says, I'll go if you go. He says, that'll be hella lit. Go down to Bakersfield. Maybe Huey said he might go too. Maybe Huey said he may make the drive as well. So maybe we all go. We make a thing out of it. That would be really fun. That would be super fun. Now, as we move on, 
There's been a lot of talks on what's going to happen with Kenny Omega when his contract does expire with All Elite Wrestling. He cut a promo after Blood and Guts saying that he's sticking with the Elite wherever they go, he goes wherever he goes, they go, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And Dave Meltzer had a write-up about all of this, provided an update on if it is still possible for Omega to jump to WWE or if he's going to stay in AEW and the prevailing, you know, consensus is maybe staying. They all may be staying with AEW as Meltzer wrote the following. The prevailing belief is that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page are staying. The interview Omega did off air in Boston would have led you to believe that that is the case. The interview was also originally supposed to be on television as was the handshake between the Golden Elite and the BCC, which seemed to signal the end of a feud at this point. If that Omega thing was on television, with the mention of them sticking together, that's where so many people believed they were staying and they were there was no deal. None of those involved have said if that is what that line meant. We do not know, or we do know, from a WWE standpoint, that months ago, they had the impression that they had a good shot at Omega in 2024, and he was the most coveted of all the guys being talked about, like Jay White and others. That has gone cold, so they do believe he may be staying with AEW. Tony Khan, making thing, making a big offers, indicates and hopes that thoughts of a huge rates with uh, thoughts of a huge rights increase, in which case big money is coming into the company and big money deals could be made. As we note weekly, television is in a weird state right now, and it's the least stable it's ever been. And for TV to commit to something new, something new years in the future, something new years in the future will be interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on right now of, are these companies going to get the big rights fees that we think? TV is down, numbers are down, viewership is down, and so that's hindering all this stuff. Heck, we just saw NASCAR today announce a big deal with the CW. They announced $115 million a year for seven years for their second tier um, series, their Xfinity series. Not the top top NASCAR Cup series, but their second tier um, Xfinity series starting in 2025. It will air exclusively on the CW and the CW streaming app. That is similar to their deal with Fox Sports for their truck series that um, airs exclusively on FS1. So we're seeing big deals still made. because That's a $800 million seven-year deal that NASCAR got for their Xfinity series to be on one network. They've been breaking it up over the last however many years between Fox and NBC, but now it's going somewhere else. The CW, and they pay big money for it. It's considered a very good deal for um, NASCAR. But then the big question there, and I know I'm getting off on a tangent, NASCAR's bigger deals with Fox and NBC uh, linked in both the Cup and the Xfinity series. Now that we're seeing that their next big deal is going to only be for the Cup series, do they get as much money for that one? I don't think they do. I think they're going to have to take a maybe lesser money deal from either Fox, NBC, or so forth in hopes that that is not too lesser, and then the CW deal evens everything out, and then whatever they get for the truck series with Fox, if that's the route they still stay, is where we'll see. So, you know, there are more networks interested 
I know there was a talks of Amazon being interested in WWE, ESPN maybe looking to get some content from WWE, but right now it still seems, you know, there there was even talks recently of, and I know I'm going off on a tangent because this isn't a WWE story, of Time Warner and Warner Brothers Discovery actually being interested in WWE. And then you go, okay, if they're interested in WWE, what does that do with AEW content? If somehow maybe... Warner Brothers Discovery gets SmackDown, but they want to also keep AEW and those three shows. What the heck happens there? Where do they all go? Where do they all land? Where do they all bleed into? So we'll see where this all does lead to. We'll see if Kenny Omega does stick around with AEW or not. And as of right now, it does look like that's the route he's going. Now, speaking of contracts, Roosh announced recently that he signed a new contract, and we do have a little bit of an update on Roosh's new deal that he did sign with All Elite Wrestling. Let me pull that up right here. So with that, um, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer provided an update on Roosh resigning with AEW. Meltzer reported that Roosh's new AEW contract is believed to be a multiple-year deal, opposed to the one-year deal he signed last week, or last year. Meltzer added, the, uh, Meltzer stated the following, The belief is the new deal is multi-years, or multiple years. Regarding the WWE situation with him, the explanation for multiple, from multiple people there is that they were interested in him for NXT and understood that they'd have to make him a... Um, offer much bigger than just about anybody in NXT. Obviously not Gable Steveson, but bigger than just about anybody else. Because he's gotten he's getting a big deal offer from AEW. However, WWE never made an official offer because when they found out what AEW offered, they knew there was no way he was going to WWE. Someone in WWE called the offer insane money. So it sounds like Tony Khan offered Roosh insane money to stick with the company. Also, Jose, the assistant tweeted out this week that one thing that really led to Roosh staying with AEW is that Tony Khan made it easy for Roosh and his family to make that decision that he took in consideration Roosh, his new baby and his wife and whatnot and their situation and their, you know, stuff going on, whatever that may be making it easy for him within AEW to stick around and whatever. And then when the story did come out that Roosh signed a new contract, CM Punk called him a collider, which means that is he going to be like a mainstay guy on the collision brand and not really work dynamite? We'll have to see where that all leads to. But yeah, it looks like insane money was given to Roosh to get him to stay with AEW. Now, someone we haven't seen in a while is good old JR. Good old Jim Ross. And it looks like Jim Ross's contract could be coming up soon. According to the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Jim Ross's AEW contract will be expiring in just two months, as Meltzer wrote the following. Jim Ross is hoping to be back for the Wembley Stadium, but that's just a goal. He has a radiation burn that he has to make sure doesn't get infected, and he's been dealing with crippling... Uh, crippling I'm going to butcher this word. Sciatica. I think that's right. It's the last few weeks, he's doing better, 
thanks to chiropractic treatments in Norman, Oklahoma, from Dr. Ron Tripp, who is a former Olympic judoka, who is the only man ever to beat Rickson Gracie in a competition match, throwing him in 48 seconds in the U.S. Sambo National Championships in 1983. Ross's current AEW contract expires in just two months, and there is no date for him to return as of right now. It would most likely be Collision, as we did see him on that first edition of Collision. So yeah, it looks like Jim Ross only has about two months left on his current deal with All Elite Wrestling, and then we go from there. We go and we see what actually happens. I assume they'd want to keep him, but we just don't know yet. And we do have some injury updates here within AEW as well. As everyone's been asking since Double or Nothing, where's Jamie Hayter? What's going on with, with Jamie Hayter? We got a little bit of an update on that. Uh, the reason behind her absence was uh, reportedly due to Hayter dealing with some injury issues. The specifics weren't actually fully given, as Dave Meltzer wrote the latest in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. We don't have much on Jamie Hayter, but there has been at least talk that she won't make it back in time for Wembley, which obviously would be a goal if possible. So that is unfortunate that Jamie Hader's injury is going to keep her out of action until Wembley at least, if not past the wall, most likely past that. She's not going to be able to work that show, which really stinks. You would think all the UK wrestlers would want to be on that show, would want to be appearing on that show in front of the UK audience, first big AEW show in the UK, and for her to not be able to be on that show is a big letdown, I guess you can say. Probably hurting her, I would assume, because, I mean, you're going to your home country for the first time with this company, able to be on such a historic show, and then they tell you, you're hurt, you can't do it. I, I bet you that really, really, really does hurt. Another person we haven't seen for a while, probably like a year now, is Santana. And we do have a slight update on Santana as well. Uh, Dave Meltzer wrote, quote, Santana is training for his return. Now, we've seen Santana post some, like, teaser videos on his social media for him to return, but we didn't really get any context with any of them. And all we do know right now is, well... He is training for his return. Now, with that, before we get into our G1 update, I do want to say that this show is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. Let's hear a little bit more. This podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. For the fan and all of us, Pro Wrestling Loot is a curated box of pro wrestling merchandise sent to you every single month at one low cost. Each month, you're going to get a t-shirt, autographs, posters, art, and collectibles. This past month, they sent us the CMLL Welterweight Championship. For our listeners right here, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will get 20% off your next purchase. Again, head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your next order. So with that, the last time we gave you an update for G1 was night six. Three more nights have taken place since then. So we've got updates from night seven, eight, and nine. So first off, night seven. I'll give you some like the notable matches on the card and then give you the updates. I'm going to give you the full update at the very end of points. 
but we'll run through everything. And these updates do come from FRW Online, so I want to give them credit for this. I have not seen um, Night 9 yet, so go from here. But um, they say uh, some of the recommended matches to watch from Night 7. Will Ospreay versus Great Ocon. A great little inner faction match that blew past my expectations. I will say, one of the best matches I've ever seen from Great Ocon. Gabe Kidd versus Shota Umino. An absolutely violent match with a fantastic set of rallies from Umino. And Sonata versus Kato Kiyomiya. This is my new favorite tournament match thus far. A masterfully executed bout, bell to bell. So as far as the results from Night 7 do go, Will Ospreay defeated the Great Okan. Yota Umino defeated Gabe Kidd. Kenta defeated Taichi. Yota Suji defeated Chase Owens. El Fantasmo defeated Tangaloa. Hikaleo defeated Ren Narita. Kazuchika Okada defeated Yoshihashi. Sonata defeated Kato Kiyomiya. And I will say, in that match, Sonata versus Kato Kiyomiya, that is the match that, in my opinion, has made Sonata look the best as far as, like, a top guy, the world champion. Because we've seen Sonata with this world title for a while now, and... Some say he doesn't come off as a big world champion, but him facing like a top guy from Noah here, so it's a, you know the world champion versus a top guy from Noah, it really did make Sonata feel like the world champion right now. As far as night eight does go, night eight saw C and D block action. Some of the recommended matches for this night: Shingo Takagi versus Mikey Nichols, an action-packed match with some color. Wonderful, Eddie Kingston. Versus Tomohiro Ishii. I loved this match. I'll say that personally. But the write-up states, this match was nothing short of fantastic. Easily amongst the best matches of the tournament and the best individual performances from both men. A must-watch. Yeah, I thoroughly loved this match. And then also Jeff Cobb versus Zack Sabre Jr. Another great match. Another match that is in the running for best match of the tournament. This was ridiculous bell-to-bell action. Uh, full of Zack Sabre nuances and Cobb's stunning acts of athleticism, a must-watch. We'll say the first five minutes of this match, they were going balls to the walls out, and they kind of slowed it down and picked it back up towards the end. As far as the results from this night, night eight, Evil defeated Hanare. Alex Coughlin defeated Haruki Goto. Shingo Takagi defeated Mikey Nichols. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Toriyano. Tomohiro Ishii defeated Eddie Kingston. Shane Hayes defeated Tetsuya Naito. Tamatonga defeated David Finley. Jeff Cobb defeated Zack Sabre Jr. And then Night 9 is where we are right now. Night 9 is the updated night, I guess you could say. The final, not the final night, but the, the latest night of action. In this match, this show, which I haven't seen yet, does have Okada versus Osprey. Notable matches. Hirokiya versus Gabe Kidd. Even if the War Dog run-in is a bit repetitive, it has worked wonders in this tournament. The match played perfectly into the structure of the G1 and both men's strengths. My favorite match of the tournament. Very interesting. Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. This match was exactly what you would expect from this pair in this format. In effect, this was a big-time main event with two of the most important wrestlers in New Japan considered into the G1 package. This is no doubt in my mind. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that this match will have a lasting impact. 
those are the two matches that they, that they say, go back and watch. As far as the results do go, Shota Umino defeated Chase Owens. Taichi defeated Yoshihashi. Uh, there was a double countout with Kato Kiyomiya and a Gabe Kid. Tamatonga defeated the Great Okan. Nikoleo defeated Yota Suji. El Fantasmo defeated Kenta. Sonata defeated Ren Narita. And Will Ospreay defeated Kazuchika Okada. Now let's talk brackets. Blocks the points. As far as the A block does go. Sonata's at the top. 4-0, 8 points. Shota Umino is next. 2-1-2, 6 points. Kato Kiyomiya. 2-1-2, 6 points. Gabe Kidd, 2-2-1, two, two, 5 points. Chase Owens, 2-3, 4 points. Hikaleo, 2-3, 4 points. Yota Suji, 1-3-1, one, 3 and one, three points. And Ren Narita, 0-2-2, oh, two, two, 2 points. Looking at the B block here. Zuzuko Okada and Will Ospreay both at the top with 4-1. Taichi, 4-1 uh, with 8 points. Taiji, Taichi is 3-2 with 6 points. We then have Yoda, uh, Yoshihashi, Kenta, and Tangaloa. Two and three, four points. Great and Great Ocon, one and four, two points. El Fantasma, one and three, two points. Looking over at the C block, uh, there's a three-way tie at the top right now with three and one and six points. It's David Finley, Evil, and Tamatonga. Then moving forward, Eddie Kingston, Shingo Takage, and Hanara. Or, uh, Eddie Kingston and Shingo Takage, two and two with four points. Hanare, Mikey Nichols, and Tomohiro Ishii, one and three, two points. And finally, the D block. Jeff Cobb's at the top, four and oh, eight points. We got Zack Sabre Jr., three and one, six points. Then we have Hiroki Goto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Shane Haste, two and two, four points. Alex Coughlin, one and three, two points. And Toru Yanu, oh and four, zero points. So that is our New Japan G1 update. Still plenty of action left to go. This, this has been great. Like, again, I haven't watched Night 9, but I'm caught up on everything else. And boy, howdy, has this been amazing. So with that, that is going to wrap everything up here. We do have SmackDown taking place tonight. SmackDown only has two things so far announced. We do have, um, and this, I haven't checked anything since this recording. But as far as SmackDown does go, we do have Carl um, Anderson versus Karrion Cross. And then we have the finals of the U.S. title number one contenders tournament where it's Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. So both of those matches will be taking place tonight. Let's just double check really fast to see if anything else has been announced. Yes. WWE has officially put on their website, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso come to SmackDown as they prepare for tribal combat. So they're both going to be on the show. Let me read the update. It says, With the tribal combat in place at SummerSlam between undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, the head of the table and his unhinged cousin will be on SmackDown as they prepare for the high-stakes showdown. So yeah, both Roman and Jey will be on SmackDown tonight. With that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. Also, if I do get enough time to record it, I will be recording my review of episode one for for Heels season two. I did watch it. Boy, is this show amazing. Like, I love season one of Heels. Season two kicked off with a great mat or a great um episode. And I can't wait to review that show, bring you that review, and talk all about 
season two of Heels. We will be doing a full review every week of Heels right here on the Pro Wrestling Unlimited YouTube channel because I freaking love this show. Go get stars. Go watch that show. It's amazing. If you haven't seen Heels season one, I believe it's up for free right now for you to catch up. And season two did drop technically last night, but today. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, I'll see you back here tonight for SmackDown. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time.